Good morning, church. Good morning, City Life. City Lifers, friends, family, visitors. Grateful that you're here. Grateful for another week. Excited to be one week closer to Christmas, one week closer to the new year. And uh, we miss you all very much. For those of you I haven't met, my name is Pedro Reese, and I'm the lead pastor here at City Life. And this week we're in week three of our Advent series where we're looking at Malachi. We're saying, Malachi, help make sense of a difficult year to help prepare us for the coming of our Lord. That Christmas to us, it, it should be all about the, the holiday and all the good things, the memories. But much more than any of that, this day is set aside for us to worship the coming of our Lord, that God, in His wisdom, came the way that He did, humbled himself that much and came as a baby. But let, let's start here for this week, because this week we have a different uh, angle of how we're doing, of what we're going after today. And I want to talk to us about the Nantucket, the Nantucket Life Saving Society. See, in the 19th century, people who lived in Nantucket were just tired. They were so tired of having shipwrecks and people losing their lives right there, right in their backyard, right in the sea. And so they came together, they, they got on the same page, they were on the same mission. They, were, they said, we need to be able to do something to save people's lives, because these are human beings who are losing their lives and, and our friends, the people that we know. And so we need to organize, collect our resources, go after this, we're on mission to save lives. And so this society, their sole purpose was to save lives. That's what made them come together, that's what made them a group, that's what joined them together, and it was to save lives. But then in the 20th century, the Coast Guard was growing, growing in its reach, growing in how much of the country's coast they could cover, and they started really encroaching, uh, not in a bad way, because that's what the Coast Guard does, but they started moving in on the Nantucket area, and over time, slowly, this community, this society, this group of people who banded together with the sole purpose of saving lives started to lose its mission. You know, the need wasn't quite there because the Coast Guard was probably much better funded, much better at it, it was safer. And over time, they slowly morphed, slowly grew, slowly changed what they were all about. They lost grasp of their mission. And slowly over time, they turned into one of the country's first yacht clubs. Saving lives, they didn't have to do that anymore, they didn't have to risk as much anymore, but they were still together, they were still this group of people, they still, I guess, I hope, loved being together. And over time, instead of saving lives, instead of the business of saving lives, they turned to comfort. Instead of being outward focused, instead of the sole purpose is to serve people outside of who their group was, outside of their members, they became intensely inward focused, intensely only concerned about their members, and intensely focused on comfort. And church, this is the danger that the church faces in every season, in every generation. And this is also one of the dangers in all of the holidays, the major holidays, Christmas, Easter, any holiday, is that we forget that we have been placed in this world on mission. 
And so I love that Christmas is about us having fun, being with our family. I love how it's so inward focused. Lord, you came and you saved me or my family. Lord, you came and you saved my family. Let us rejoice and have this sweet time. Or even God, you came and you saved city life. And we are a group, a society of people who have been touched by you. But Lord, let us never stop there. See, the danger of Christmas and any holiday is that we come too inward focused, that we don't leave our little society or our little group and we forget that Christ did everything that he did. He came down, he died on the cross for us to love him, but then for us in return to bring that to other people. And so for us this morning, for us in this week, in this week of City Life Advent, we need to be reminded that Advent in our preparation for Christ Advent reminds us that we are on mission, that we have been saved and placed in mission, that all throughout history, God has been on his mission and in inviting us to partner with him once we know him as our Lord. And so for us this week, Advent reminds us of mission and it should recharge, refocus, retool our commitment to that mission. And so let's pray. We're going to be in Malachi for our last week of this series. Let's pray so we enter into the Word together and, and allow the Holy Spirit to start telling us what it is about this mission and this messenger that Malachi keeps telling us about. So please, pray with me. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you that we get to have one more week, that you have sustained us and kept us, that nothing that's going on around, around us threatens our belonging to you, our call from you, and our mission that you've given us. Lord, help us this week to recommit, to reassess, to see where we're at in this mission personally and as a church, Lord, and help us to rem remind ourselves, our souls, our, our tired spirits, Lord, that, uh, that you have left us here on mission. And so, Jesus, use your word to communicate powerfully to us. Remind us that City Life is called to do great things for your name. I pray this over all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's turn into our word for the day. We're finishing off Malachi. We didn't read the whole book, but we are finishing the last three verses in the Old Testament, God could have ended this portion of his story in any way, but he chose these three verses to finish what he was doing in the Old Testament. And God's word says this, Malachi chapter 4, verse 4. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and rules that I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of destruction. All right, City Life. So for these last three weeks, we have been giving Malachi a considerable amount of attention, especially to the context and the people that we find here that these are a tired and um, a morose group of people, so internally sick that they can't even see how they treat God so callously, how they don't live the lives that their ancestors committed to, that while they were in exile, they wished for their home and they loved their home and they missed their home so much 
and then they got it back, but then within a hundred years, and the people of Malachi have lost their way. They are so corrupt, pointing their fingers at God, and God, like he always does, stands up for what's right, but then also promises good things to his people. That Malachi, which in the name means my messenger or my servant, talks about the series of conversations that Israel has with the Lord and the Lord with them. And every time Israel points their finger at the Lord saying that he is bad at his job, he is not who he says he is, that all this evil in the world and he does nothing about it, God always says, but how corrupt are you? You're doing this. You're, men, you're divorcing your wives just because you want younger foreign women or you're not holding up your covenant look at my temple my temple is a mess it's falling to pieces and all of this points to the fact that you just you say you love me but you give me nothing you give me no worship that i've asked you to your hearts are far far from me even though you're back home you're still lost and and today we just want to let God continue to speak to us about how we are on mission. How God here, he promises, you know what, all of this has been God promising, you know, I'm on mission. He says, watch this, week one of our Advent series, he said, watch this, I'm about to do something, look what I'm about to do. I'm going to send a messenger, I'm going to send my messenger, and this messenger will come with a refining fire, he'll purify you with the fuller soap, remember making us strong in the process. But then he, in the process, in this refining fire, in this being made strong, those who love him, those who fear my name, is what Malachi keeps saying. The whole of our lives will be changed and our whole lives will contribute to this offering that we give back to him. And then last week we saw how God promised in his word here that he will draw near to us. So this messenger is going to be him himself and he promises for the first time since the Garden of Eden, he said, creation, you know what, my, my children, I'll be there with you. You'll see me, I'll eat with you, we'll have fun together, I'll correct you, we'll laugh together, we'll cry together. You could hurt me, I'll let you mock me, I'll let you kill me, and it's because I am on mission towards you, and every step of the way I am bringing you towards me, and so I myself will come down to you. And he says, you know, he also takes that and says, you know what, and when I come down, no form of evil and no evildoer will be able to stand in my presence or sit in my presence. Every time I speak, this messenger will calm every storm, speak away every demon, heal any illness, and, and, and this messenger will come and burn away all evil so that no root, no trace, remember Dragon Ball Z last week, no cell of evil will remain, it'll be wiped out entirely and that he does all of this and he is able to do all of this and he is just to do all of this because he calls himself the lord of hosts which is the lord of all the armies that he is the only one who is just to command that all of the armies he's the only one who is so tied into justice who so is justice who so knows the way remember we read from isaiah that who counsels the lord no one and he is able to do all of these things. And then we see here the Old Testament winding down. The last four, ver the last three verses, this is kind of like the epilogue, closing what God was doing all the way from Moses to Malachi. And he tells us to do a couple of things. The first one being remember. 
Let's read verse 4 with me. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and rules that I, command, I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. I love how the first thing he tells us to, he wrote all of this story for us. He inspired so many people to put pen on paper and to preserve it and to care for its word and to make sure that there are no errors in every all the work that they did. And he, he did all of this. And at the very end, the last thing he tells, the second to last thing he tells us is remember, remember everything that I've done. Remember my story, know my story. Malachi links what he's doing all the way back to Moses, the first writer of the Old Testament who wrote the first five books. And he said, remember all of the laws, the statutes, everything that I taught you through Moses. And then also everything in between, all of these stories. Look at Nahum, who probably none of us have really spent time in. Read Hosea, which is just this crazy story that should not be in any holy book. Read my poems and psalm. Read my... Um, inappropriate writings in Song of Songs. Read my stories, read the history. Also read some numbers because I, God created math as well, even though it is usually boring to us. He said, remember all of this story because this is all ha has been my story of my mission. See, the word zacher uh, in, in French, goodness, in Hebrew is the word for remember, and it's used over 230 times in the Old Testament. Because we have a God who says, I have so cared for my story. I have so cared for my people. I have so showered goodness on you. I have so proven to you that I am the Lord. Look at my story. Look back. Before you go forward, you don't know where you might be going unless you look back and you see where you've come. And us, maybe not us, but us as a spiritual family of the Lord. Look what we come from. Look at our heritage. Look at the family that we've been grafted into. Look at the commands that I give you, that God gives us good instruction and that he doesn't teach us bad things. And so from Moses to Malachi, 1,200 years of history, God tells one story of his mission, different aspects of his march towards justice, of his march towards this messenger, that from the second Adam and Eve ate from that fruit, which was most likely a date and not an apple, from that day forward, God has been coming after us and providing a way for us. 1,200 years, all of these books telling one story of God's mission, all inspired by the same Spirit. That this story is about God's abounding love for His people. For anyone who calls Him Lord, who Malachi keeps using, who fears His name, but this is what we are built on. This is our foundation, that we have a God who loves us and chases after us. And so you've been right there. Today we're going to have a series of Advent activities to try and make Advent a little bit more practical for those of us who have been struggling or neglecting it, preparing ourselves for Jesus' coming. And so Advent activity number one is for us to look at 2020. Not even all the other years, but look at this unique year of 2020. Look at this difficult year of 2020. A year that I, I hope and I pray is unlike any other that we will ever see. And so look at this year and see where God has been good to you. 
to see how God has been generous to you, to see how God has spared you and keep, kept you healthy. Look at this past year and say, Lord, what good things can I attribute to you? How have you blessed me? How have you taken care of me? How have you cared for my family? How have you cared for this church? This, this year has not been according to my story, what I wanted my story to say, but how have you been good to us? And honestly, if there are things in this, if we cannot attribute good things to the Lord, we might find out that we look much more like the people of Malachi than we would want to admit. And so activity number one, remind us of the mission that we're on. Lord, we are on your story. We are continuing your story. And so how have you been good to me in this year? That I have breath in my lungs, that I'm still here. I have my home. I'm, for those of us who might have lost our job, I'm still here. I'm still breathing. I still have opportunity. I still have hope. I have family. I have life. I have promises. I have the Lord. I still have my Christ. And so look back before we look forward. Look back at God's story. Remember how faithful he has been to his people. And then that will help us to go forward, to continue his mission. But the beauty of this is not that he just, he doesn't only stay in remembering. We are not called to be like Uncle Rico living the championship game from 30 years ago. There's no Uncle Rico anointing in scripture. And so we look forward. And our next topic is look forward. Read with me verses 5 and 6 that switch their gaze back from the past and hopefully looks to the future. Let's read verse 5 and 6. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. Two, two main ideas here. Two things that I want to pull out from the narrative of God's story up until this point. The first one, we talked about it last week, so we won't get into it that much, but it's that God always provides a way for his people to see him, to look for him, to know where we're going. And so here he tells us, I'm going to send Elijah, I'm going to send a prophet, so you'll know it when you see him, you'll, you'll see him, he'll be doing the work, Elijah will come, he'll be unmistakable. And so we have a God who consistently tells us to look back so that we know what we're looking for in the future. And so first point is that God always provides a way for his people to continue his story, to continue the mission. But the second thing that I really want to focus on is this, is that God is the one who writes his story and he is the one who carries out his story. And that we are on mission because he is on mission first. And we see this in this, he promises Elijah is going to come before the day of this messenger. So Elijah's coming. But this verse here ends up, oddly enough, being one of the biggest obstacles that the religious leaders have with Christ. And it's such an important lesson for you and I practically in our daily lives. And, and it's this, the, the religious leader said, okay, Elijah's going to come. And so we haven't seen Elijah. Jesus, you're claiming to be this God, but I'm looking around and I don't see Elijah. So what's going on? Either you're calling God a liar or you think you're better than him. And oddly enough, people who are too religious use God's word to destroy what God is actually doing. 
and it's this idea that often humanity we we have we hear we read god's word or we come up with our plan of what we think he's doing which most of the time honestly is god i want you to do this and i really won't accept you doing it any other way and we miss what god is doing we miss that god is telling his story and it's not actually our story that we want him to tell and so they're looking around this and we don't see elijah and they miss that scripture spends so much time making this distinguishing distinguishment that john the baptist was like elijah that he did the things that elijah did they also miss the fact that elijah did come in the transfiguration even though it was just a couple of disciples who saw this and we miss that god can tell his story in any way that he wants we, we miss that this is God's story and not our own, that we are characters in his story, in his pursuit of justice, in his march of what he wants to bring, and it's not the other way around. And so our Advent activity in this, in understanding that, Lord, this is your story, I'm a part of your story, you get to even determine to me what I do and what I play in your story, and it's not me who tells you. That our Advent activity is to look at 2020, and to see what an odd chapter 2020 has been in God's story. And, and whether you want to just stay in 2020 or think about any time in your life where your plans have been frustrated or your expectations of God have not been met and you're like, God, I thought you were going to be acting in this way and I waited for you for so long, but God the whole time is saying, but I never told you I was going to do that or I never promised it would happen the same way twice or I'm doing something new like Isaiah 63 talks about. And the Advent activity is to see what, what has been coming up. If you want to stay in this year, what has been coming up in you, out of your heart, out of, you, of somewhere you know that it's your most honest feelings, your most honest state of being. And in 2020, has that been frustration? Has that been anger? Has that been confusion? When life doesn't go your way, do you question and, and sincerely question God's goodness? Are we like people, the people of Malachi who just point fingers at the Lord when things, even for a, a minute, don't go the way we expect it to? Or when God asks us to do something that is way bigger than we could do on our own, what is honestly in the most inner place of your being, what is the first reaction or the reaction that keeps on coming up? And for us, and in this activity, for us to see what that is and say, Lord, examine my heart. See if there are any unpure ways in me. Change me. This is your story. Let me bend my will to your story. We've talked so much about the people of Malachi being a bent back people. People who couldn't stand. People who were tired, who were defeated, who were beaten down by life. Beaten down by their own sin most of the time. And so, Lord, for us to gain strength, we look back and say, Lord, how have you cared for your people, even if I have nothing in my life right now that points to you being this victorious king? I still know that you are because I know your story and how that propels us forward to allow God to, to do in our lives, in our world, whatever he sees fit, whatever the Lord of hosts is doing, and we want to partner with that. We want to be a remnant of your church that is always seeking your presence, especially in the hard times, to be able to see, Lord, what are you doing? How can we adjust what we do to fit your story?
And then that also causes us to talk about verse 6, the last verse, which is heart surgery. Let's read verse 6 again. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children, and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest they come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. Let's talk about how this is hopeful, how this is God's mission, and then also the hardship in all of this. The first is that scripture over and over again, it's like this idea that, that the men and women of the Lord were consumed with is, Lord, my heart is so broken. I know that the heart which re represents the, the center of my being, where all my emotions, where I'm really the most honest, where I'm not playing any games and I'm being really open and say, Lord, this center of mine is not whole. It's missing something. It's, it's broken. And even when I get you, I, I can only hold on to you for so long before I start to stray or I start to do something that I don't want to do. And God, what he promises, this messenger will, is not only just going to come for justice or to make things right or to usher in his kingdom, but that this messenger will be here and part of his mission will be to restore our hearts. And here we get this promise here first is that our hearts will be restored to our fathers and our children's hearts to their fathers, fathers to their children, and then children to their father's hearts. And there are a couple of ways that the church has taken this throughout time and I, and I love them. The first is that we as, a, as children of the Lord are being restored back to him. That this story, that this pursuit of a God, remember when Adam and Eve fell, one of the first things he did was that he made clothing for them. And so God is always on this pursuit to come after us, to seek after us, to bring us back to him. And so, Lord, please, I, I want this messenger. I want Jesus to change my heart so that I am turned back to you. But then equally, the church has also seen how this is a promise for us, for one another that we can be restored back to the society, the community, the relationship, the connectedness that we, are, we were always meant to be with one another. That there won't be any division in Christ, any division about who belongs, who's good enough, who's merited, who's holy enough, but know that this messenger will come and he'll change our hearts. And part of that heart will be to point us back to one another, to be able to live in actual peace, to be actually be able to live in harmony with one another and not have to worry about lies and deceits, betrayal of not hurting one another anymore. And, and I love that God is so concerned. Read Hebrews. Hebrews talks about this heart surgery that Jesus does, is that he restores our hearts, our innermost beings for us to be in the state of being complete in the Lord and so that we can live life the way that he always intended us to be. And so that is the hope, that is the mission that we say, Lord, first, I need you to do it in me. And then I'm on mission to bring that to everyone else. I'm on mission to go bring this to the, your children out here who don't know your story yet, who don't belong in your family, not belong, who are not a part of your family, who have rejected this story, who have rejected your presence. But no, Lord, we are just so overwhelmed by what you've done in our hearts, in the deepest, most honest part of me. I am so blown away that other people have to know this. And even if they said, no, Lord, I'm, my story is going to be about bringing people into your family. 
And it's because of this. It's because of the hardship that comes in here. You see, this verse ends in a, in a, in a rough place, and it says, Lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. And here, what I've learned about this verse here is not that this is a threat. This isn't like the picture of God that so many people have who reject him, who say, if you don't love me, if you don't come to me, I'm going to wipe you away. I don't care about you, no. But it's the heart of a father who's saying, I'm after my children. And so when this messenger comes, it's going to be great news. Chapter Earlier in chapter 4, it talks about how, for those who fear my name, the son of righteousness will come and with healing and will be like, newborn calves running and being so excited and so thrilled about life, so thrilled about where we find ourselves. But this is not good news for everyone. For those who have rejected the Lord, who, those who have chosen evil, for those who want to gain out of injustice, Christmas is not a good day, but actually a day of judgment for them. Because when this messenger comes on his pursuit of justice, on his rightful pursuit of bringing justice into this world, of restoring our hearts, those who have turned their backs and said no to this story, no to this mission, no to this God. This is going to be a day of great hardship. And so Advent, for you and for me this year, let's give it space to remind us of our mission. Remind us that we have met the one who we think is the answer to everything. The one who we, who we believe made everything. And like scripture says, everything was made by him and for him. And it's only completed with him in it. And so that is our mission. That is our Advent mission for this year. I, I, I want to turn us, our attention to something called the Joshua Project, which is this organization that um, their sole purpose is to say, that there are people groups around the world who have no gospel presence in them. They're not so concerned with, okay, how many Christians are in the U.S. or how many Christians are in the Ukraine or Brazil or how many are in Argentina. Resisting a joke there. But um, they look at unique people groups. And so from their research, check them out. Google Joshua Project. They are a great organization. There are 17,441 unique people groups in the world. 17,441. And out of those, they've determined over a long period of time study that out of those 17,441, 7,414 people groups are completely unreached. And they define all of this in their website. Go check them out. But unreached people group is that have no gospel presence in that community that is native and have no uh, sustainable group, Christian community that is native to them. And so that's 42.5% of the world that has no gospel presence in their community that either has no native believers or has no access to the name of Christ in any way. And so almost half of the world has never even heard of the name of Christ. And so Advent this year reminds us that we are on mission. That God, that Jesus left here and left us with mission. That we're not just here to get to the end, but we're here to spread the name and fame of Christ 
that he is this messenger that Malachi and, and all of this 1,200 years before him have pointed to. And so, church, city life, visitors, friends, families, let's give Advent this year space to remind us that we are on mission. And so, church, to conclude today, to conclude our, our reading of Malachi, of Malachi pointing towards this messenger, let's remind ourselves that this messenger who was coming was coming on mission. And we know this messenger to be Jesus. We know that he came and he lived and he breathed with us that somehow God came down here, took our form, lived with us, let him touch him and kill him and mock him. And he did this all because God has been on a mission all along. A mission after his children. That it's a mission that he does not want destruction to come, but that he's calling his children back to him at all times. And so us as believers to examine ourselves and say, Lord, where am I not saying yes to your story? Where am I holding back? Where in the innermost part of me am I still resisting your story and what you're doing? I want you to tell your story in my life. I want you to have a say in everything that I do. And I want to be in your will like Jesus teaches us to pray and for us also to be reminded that this mission is far greater than just me just us just our church just Christians but that it is for all people for the entire world and that there are billions of people who on Christmas Day don't celebrate what it really means but actually stand in judgment and that there's a day of hardship coming and it's our mission to bring people back to God say Jesus has turned my heart so much that I have to tell you about this because this needs to happen to you as well. And so what will the footnote in God's story be about city life? Were we a church that was lukewarm for spreading this mission? Were we a church that was even non-existent or ineffective in bringing people into the family? Or were we a group of people who were so, Jesus changed everything about me and so I have to tell you about this. Will we let Advent this year prepare us internally, prepare our spirits, our souls to receive our Savior? But will we also let it remind us that this Savior, this messenger, came on mission? That his story looked completely different than what we would have expected. Just like 2020, Lord, I would never have written this chapter the way that you did Lord, I would have made you come down in a cloud instead of as a baby. I would have had me, have made you right all the wrongs right away but no you came as a baby you came uh, we won't get into that th that much because that's next week but lord you wrote your story your story is incredible it's so much better than mine and so i want to be a part of your story i want to be about bringing this 7414 people groups to christ somehow that's way more than we can accomplish but lord somehow i want to be about your mission I want this Christmas to be more than just feeling good on the inside or having so much pressure to build all these memories right now and give the perfect gifts. No, I want this Christmas to remind me of what it is that you've left me here to do. If I can't be with you right now, then I want to be living you out here. And so let's go to our MC calls this week. 
let's go and, and process some of this that that advent is also about mission because this messenger was all on mission and so here are our prompt questions for the week prompt question number one how does looking back recharge us going forward why does God so many times, 231 times in the Old Testament, tell us, look back to go forward? Remember what I did so you can go forward. Why is that so significant? Prompt question number two. Where do you need this year's Advent season to recharge you on this mission of sharing Jesus? I know my questions are, are usually worded pretty funny. But where do we need this year's Advent to remind us that we have been placed on mission for Jesus? How are we going to be a better church, a better individual in 2021 at sharing Jesus than I was this year? Question number three. Extremely practical question. How can you practically, it's even in the word, how can you practically share Jesus' story in 2021? Who's already in your life that needs to hear about Jesus? Who's in your life that doesn't even know you're a believer yet? Who in your life can, do you spend time with already who needs to hear about Jesus and who we need to become a little bit more bold in sharing about this messenger who changed everything about everything? And so church, we love you. We are so grateful for you. Next week is our Christmas sermon the last Sunday before Christmas. We love you all so much. Can't wait for us to be together again. We're praying for that every day. We love you all. Let's join our MCs this week. Let's join our prayer calls. We'll see you very soon. Love you. Bye.